Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I feel like um, if this podcast has any actual semblance of structure, then it loses its like <laughs> charm. It needs to be off the wall and completely unstructured because no, the only thing that we need are, is all the takes from the Love You Take Trough, which lots of people have sent in. So we're going to continue. There's I, I will the also take say, trough. I forgot about that. <laughs> the thing is, we tried naming it the last couple of weeks, and we called this podcast the Untitled Banter Pod. And then I put the tweet UBP, out. UBP, UBP, UBP. And I ended up putting the tweet out as the unnamed Banter Pod. And then I did another one this morning that said the Untitled Banter Pod. So. So it's UPP, but I d- it could stand for any number of things. Um, but yes, also, um, I'm Scott Tilford, your host, or whatever the hell this is, joined by Mr. Jules Gill. Hello. Hello. Uh, we're just doing, we haven't already got a name for this thing. It's the UBP. It's the, it's the warm yeah, down. But I, I like it. It's, if it's the UBP, it just means that it's the end of the week. You've got yep. all your questions. You're burning like hot takes. We pick them up out of the trough <laughs> like the piggies we are. And we just have a little chat back and yeah. forth. And it's the case of like, you know, what's going on in the world? How, how are you doing, Scott? How are you doing, Jules? That sort of thing, isn't it? <laughs> We've, because uh, we're not putting these out as videos. We might eventually, but right now they're audio only. So we both do have dressing gowns on. We're very much yes, classic. resting on a Friday. And the best afternoon. thing is, is it is uh, 10 to 2 p.m. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday, and we're still in our dressing gowns. That's, that's a beautiful classic. thing. I know of all the, there's very little upticks, very little upsides of the old Lockie D, but the, you know, getting a dressing gown on in the afternoons is one of them. <laughs> anyway. Um, we have a many, many questions. Everything that gets submitted, thank you all very much for submitting your questions. Um, everything that gets submitted, I'll roll over to the following week if we don't get around to it. So some of these are from, uh, there's a couple from a couple of weeks ago, literally just a couple um, okay. that we didn't get around to. There's a bunch from last week and then most of them are from this week. Um, so please just keep sending whatever you like us to talk about um, and we'll get to it. So first question from Darren Martin. Very big question this. Um, what is your favorite RPG of the generation and why? I can't oh. even say Skyrim because that predates this generation. Of the generation, I think I'd say like The Witcher Three, but I, I yeah, I feel, mm. I feel like I feel like if you go for that one, that is a solid, solid take. Mm. Like no one's going to go up to you and say you're wrong by <laughs> saying that. Like people would definitely go like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. The thing um, is, like, there is that whole school of thought that says that you know Skyrim is superior to The Witcher Three, or more sort of class-based RPGs are superior to The Witcher Three in regards yeah. to it being a full-on RPG because you are you are Geralt, you have one weapon, you can't you know you can get different. You can get some different weapons, but you can't really divorce him from that sort of pirouetting sword style that he has. Um, whereas like in Skyrim or, I don't know, Kingdom yeah. Come Deliverance, you can play in a million different ways. I mean, oh, that's probably the best place for us to start then is by narrowing down what we define the RPG mm. to be that we're going to classify it on. Because if you're looking for just sort of like free form open world stuff then for me the outer worlds i absolutely adored Ooh, that and i'd shall. say that it's probably up there with one of my favorite games ever made like mm-hmm. i really enjoyed it that much 
and not just because it's Obsidian and I like rubbing it in Bethesda's <laughs> face that they failed to make another good game. It was, um, a very, it was good just seeing them come back and just being like, yeah, we can still do this. Valkyria Chronicles 4 was an exceptional strategy game that had mm. RPG elements to it. So mm-hmm. I, I would rate that very highly. I mean, I know that you and I will disagree on this, but like Final Fantasy 15 definitely has its elements. Oh, you mentioned you're playing 15 this morning and I said, what I, are you right. doing, Jules? We've got <laughs> so, Doom so, to get to. So the people who do not know this, <laughs> I've literally just had to move house during a lockdown. That was not fun. No. Um, but I finally got my PS4 back. So I now have it right next to me. And the first thing I just had to play on it was Final Fantasy 15. I've got so many things to catch up. <laughs> On. I haven't even played the Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 remake yet, and I've decided to go to 15. I have no idea what's wrong with me. Is that because you had 15 installed already? Because that game is four years old. No, it's because of the fact that it was um, uh, when I was packing up my stuff. You know, when you go through all of the promo discs that we get sent by reviewers, I was mm. like, oh, somebody sent me this one. It was Final Fantasy 15 Royal Edition. I was like, oh, give it a go. Give it, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's great. I, mean, I do enjoy yeah. it, but it's just, uh, I, I should not be playing this. I should be playing newer games. I think your, your top two that you've missed out on, on the year is Doom Eternal and Final Fantasy 7 remake, which I yes. think we get a massive kick out of especially Doom. Um, but yeah, favorite RPGs of the generation, it'll be things like The Witcher 3. Um, mm-hmm. think, I might throw Persona 5 in as well. Um, oh, yeah. oh, Persona 5, yes, amazing. Yeah. There's, there's if you've got 500 a, hours to spare. That's the thing. Like, I, yeah, I'm 80 hours and I feel like I've barely out the tutorial, but it's, it's, it's very nice. The songs are very nice. Um, mm. Next question. This is a good idea of the swath of stuff we get uh, submitted. Um, from Sewer Creature, if you could befriend a grizzly bear, what would you name it? And my mind went to Jeff. I don't know why, but... <laughs> Jeff the Bear is you a fantastic... A little, like, a little familiar walking yeah. along the woodlands path. Um, I, I see I'm a huge fan of like pun-named stuff, mm. so... I would probably go, uh, no, I'd, I'd call him uh, just Bear so that he and I could be Bear Gills and then we oh, could just God. go around surviving, drinking our own piss. Good, yeah, that's, yeah, that was begging for it. That, that's good. I... <laughs> or if I'm going to go off of uh, my uh, D&D party, we've got an owl bear that's in our group there called Crumbles. So I'd call it that. Fantastic. It did remind me of um, Far Cry 5 has a bear you can recruit called Cheeseburger. Um, you, sort of, you just feed it different cheeseburgers uh, to get it to do different stuff. Um, always good. Next question from Mr. Wrestling Jr. Um, do the boys, we must be the boys, do the boys think that they'll spend more time customizing the character in Cyberpunk than actually playing the game? Seems like a never-ending list of customization is available. Um, what's your thoughts uh, on this? Because I, right. I can lose hours to a customization screen. Right, well... Well, uh, after watching uh, the IGN playthrough stuff of it and also seeing that they finally added in some context to mm. the experiences that we'll be having in Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. I was blown away by how much stuff there. Because before, Scott and I were basically talking before we did this podcast about how Cyberpunk has piqued our interests and we're very like keen on it. But because of the fact it was showing what you could do, but not the relevance of what you were mm. doing, it was very hard to place what the point of anything was. Like, yes, you can have a ton of distractions, but mm. if you don't have any any substance there is going to feel very empty True. this new stuff that they've just been putting out the final preview and i use that in heavy air quotations <laughs> has shown us like tons and tons of stuff and the customization was part of it and it looks immense mm. like the amount that you can customize your teeth the face tattoos the cybernetics on your neck your ears i was like i am going to lose a load of time to a video game that i will then remember does not have a third person view <laughs> option they did show in amongst all that stuff, we did see a bit more of V checking himself out in the mirror. So, I mean, you, yeah. you see yourself if you're on a bike, you see yourself, like if you have a yeah. mirror, certain reflection. So I don't know, I feel like there's some, 
I, I feel like when we get our hands on the game, we'll realize, like, obviously we're going to feel like why they went with first person. They've already said it was to give sort of verticality to the world, to put you in the, the place of the character and everything. But I feel like once we get hands on with it, we'll see ourselves more than we think we will. Yeah. Otherwise, it just seems like such a massive missed opportunity to do that much depth customization and then not have you see yourself. Have you picked out what sort of of the four or five distinct styles that you're sort of airing towards? Uh, not necessarily. I want to see what, I don't think you can give yourself really crazy body mods from the beginning. I think that you get them no, over I think you've got to learn, uh, like earn them, haven't you? Yeah, because when you make yourself in Cyberpunk 2020, like the pen and paper thing, you can pick, like you can lose a humanity score and just get like crazy bio, like mechanical mm -hmm. limbs and have half your cranium be like a camera and whatever. And I love that stuff so much that I want, I just want to be completely like bio augmented crazy man with like a tiny little face in the middle like the villain from um lost in space just be like nice. big mechanical man with a floating face and so like i want to be that but i don't think i can do that from the start so i think i'm just gonna go down the whole like punk rock look and nice. just have like a mohawk and then whatever like circuitry i can put in my face um see and I, I, my I, up. I want to go like completely the other way and go mm. full-on corporate evil uh, so i want to <laughs> wear like the full like proper suit uh, mm. maybe even like uh, with like a gold pipe trimming and I want to be like bold like I am in real life, have mm. solid gold teeth, and if possible, have like infrared eyes and go around <laughs> calling myself something like Death Rattle or something like that, and then I just be like, <laughs> I don't know how they've got, uh, how they handle how characters address you. Because if you can, I don't know if it has any like sort of audio recognition thing in. I think they talked about that, but I'm not sure off the top of my head. But like if you can type in Jules Gill or Bear Gills, and then they can <laughs> come up to you and be like, hey, what's up, Bear? Then I don't know. Like, I, that I love should be amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, if they have like a pool of nicknames, then I hope I can be called like Razor or something really cheesy. I, I mean, they did that in Fallout 4, didn't they? They yeah. had uh, Cogsworth uh, was able to like list off tons of tons of names, even some very silly rude ones, which was great. I feel like Hopefully he, they would do something like that. He did that at the very beginning. And like, I get yeah. he says hello to you and it's like, hello, Scott. And I was like, cool, like this, this is the future. But then it didn't feel like it did much after that. <laughs> but um, yes, basically, we will spend a lot of time customizing our characters because I'm assuming you only do it once in regards to, although I don't know. They, no, 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 there's, there's going to be, game, there's like, going to be tons and tons of options i mm. reckon to go into like clubs and be like oh if i don't like what i'm wearing i'll change this or if i don't like how my there'll be like plastic surgeon style yeah, i was things. gonna say like facial structure stuff because i remixed my entire character in saints row 3 like every 20 minutes i was like i'm just gonna swap gender and be something else just for the sake of i was the same with um gta online just mm. being like ah, i'm bored of this now let's go and choose yeah. something else um, next question from Roy Motombo Turner. He wasn't Ben Roy, but Roy Motombo Turner is a brilliant name. Um, if you could have one cancelled game from the last decade released tomorrow, which would you choose? Um, for him, it would, be, it would have to be Sleeping Dogs 2. We need a lot more Wei Shen. Um, the, yeah, Sleeping Dogs 2 was something that um, apparently was in production. They had this really bold plan for it where it was going to roll in like mobile apps and stuff and people could mm -hmm. like, kind of the division style could chime in and, and alter different um, crime levels around the open world and stuff. And it got completely canned. Um, I would also back Sleeping Dogs too, but I'm trying to think of other stuff that got cancelled. Probably Legacy of Kane, Dead Son. Yeah, you're a huge fan of the Legacy uh, of Kane franchise. Where are they, Jules? Where have they gone? Where have we... You got Nosgoth. <laughs> we do have Nosgoth, the arena shooter. That very much scratches the itch of open world action game. No, it just it did not fit the bill at all, did it? Um, <laughs> I'd go for that cancelled Star Wars game, 13, 13, oh, 13 or whatever it's 13, called. Yeah, yeah that, that looked amazing. And the mm -hmm. promise of what it could have been was just fantastic. Just the idea of like, James, it was like uh, Uncharted in space. And mm. just like the, the graphics for that, if you look at the teaser thing for that now, it still looks ridiculously lush. Like it's just. Yeah, almost to the point like it was time. never going to happen. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I mean, I, I want more, because we've seen like um, Jedi Fallen Order and then Squadrons, and I'm like, I miss a wide variety of Star Wars games. Like ever since EA took over, it's yeah. taken them this long to just do little offshoot stuff again. 
Yeah, that was a really weird one because obviously people complained so much about EA with Battlefront 2 that they were like, mm-hmm. you've got to take the license off them, Disney, and give it to someone else. But yeah. the two recent games they've kicked out, Squadrons and um, uh, Fallen Order, are genuinely amazing. Yeah, they're, they're super really solid. good. They're so good. I think it's just one of those things where, like, um, <laughs> the thing is, on EA's part, you can tell that they don't care. Like, I, like the executives. <laughs> like, there's no marketing budget for either of those games. Like, Jedi Fallen Order was announced in the stands at E3. Like, Aisha Tyler yeah. just had to sit down next to Jason Ward and be like, what's the new game? Like, it was just nothing. Didn't Squadrons as well, like, almost have, like, a like a shadow drop? It was just kind of like, yeah, yeah we've got this new game uh, coming out next week. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, yeah, it feels like the production budget that they were allocated is a lot smaller than something like Battlefront because the menus on Squadrons are, like, they look not cheap but they aren't very well animated it just yeah. it looks like they put all that budget into the performance capture and obviously it looks gorgeous but the, there's this little corners that i feel like because i know this where well, you feel like we know that the shadow the specter of ea hanging over it and yeah. some executive was like okay you can do it but i'm gonna you know make you cut all sorts of corners because it's not yeah. battlefront and we can't monetize <laughs> it um anyway um next question from okima's tree um, it's, the thing is as well, um, like I said last week, I don't know how, which ones are people's names and which ones are the text versions of the emojis. So I think Okima's Tree is the name. I'd like it if we to Okima's Tree, That's what I think you were going for. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, was, it was duplicated a couple of times. Um, so they say, um, IO's Bond game seems like a no-brainer. Why do you guys think it took so long for it to come together? Hitman games can just about be seen as the same franchise that is Bond's equivalent. Um, we've got a few things about this, uh, the new IO Interactive Bond game. It got mm-hmm. announced on Thursday afternoon. Um, another one from from Shane, who says, what do you hope to see from the IO Bond project? Um, more like GoldenEye or something like Nightfire, maybe in the style of Quantum of Solace. Um, and also Kingsley Stewart just said that they want to know everything about the Project 007. <laughs> so do uh, we. As as possible. So do we. Um, so yeah, they put a teaser trailer out. Um, IO Interactive, obviously of Hitman fame. Their next project is going to be James Bond. What was your, what were your thoughts? On I was so hyped when I saw that <laughs> it was like the chamber when it rotated around and you saw the iconic barrel of the gun. I was like, mm. no, surely not. I personally <laughs> don't want this to be a first person shooter in the realms of goldeneye i think that we've we, they, that's that's kind of been and gone and i think that the hitman franchise especially the rebirth of it with the episodic format and the care that's gone into each of those two uh, reborn games has been so phenomenally successful that i want to see that formula carried on into a james bond uh, uh, situation i yeah. feel like it, the the gameplay itself could just be lifted straight from the hitman games and inserted with a James Bond skin, I would still love it. Mm. I mean, assume the f- that's maybe what they're thinking of, because it's like there, mm. there, there already are those analogs between how Hitman plays and how you sort of infiltrate a player dressed as a suave lad and then go about taking people out. The only thing I can think of, though, is that um, so Agent Forty Seven, despite looking like the most obvious person who done it in the room, <laughs> the has got this on. amazing ability to blend in somehow. Mm. Now James Bond doesn't do the blending in so much i mean at pretty much every given opportunity he tells people who he is so (laughs) i would like the stealth aspect to be a big part of it but Mm. i would also kind of um really like to see something pushed more like in a conversational dialogues tree style Mm. thing like convincing people through charm rather than being like super stealthy i would like it if they did that yeah that'd be kind of cool plus like you have all the like all the options for gadgets and stuff like you can't some bobs and hitman like exploding rubber ducks and stuff i mean it, it could yeah. be like um uh like deus ex if it was mm-hmm. like because that that has a very sort of like super spy uh, mm-hmm. feel to it in places because it's all about not being seen or like non-lethal takedowns and stuff like that the thing so is like could, there yeah. was such a range of bond games across the 2000s there was a there was a time uh when ea used their powers for good when we got tons of 
Lord of the Rings games and tons of James Bond games and the Simpsons game and everything else. And for me, James Bond, everything or nothing is like so the best. Good. He's the absolute so best good. at peak. And so like, I, I would love it if they re-released that because they just put out a Need for Speed Hot Pursuit uh, re-release. And I would love it if they went back and just sort of, you know, if, they, if, if the James Bond IP is returning to gaming, then I would love something like that to come out. So for me, I love third person Bond games. I'm not a massive mm-hmm. Bond fan. I don't really like the character that much, but I like the way that, I obviously I like the spies and stuff and whatever. So it's like, give me that sort of thing in a gameplay space. Um, so everything or nothing, I just thought was the peak. If they can get anywhere near that, that would be yeah. brilliant. There are two things, though, that I'm slightly apprehensive about, and that mm. is that um, the Hitman games are very tonally different from a Bond film or very narrative true, yeah. because they're, uh, the Bond stuff is very action-heavy, lots of shootout, lots of like car-driving sequences and stuff like that. Mm. So my first point of like trepidation is how they will move away from what fans will be expecting, which is a stealth-focused gameplay to more action-focused mm-hmm. shooting because the Hitman games do have okay gun combat, but it's not the focus of it. True, um, yeah. And the second part is they're going to have to nail the driving sequences because there will have to be those in it. And for a company that I don't know has made any driving uh, games, no, not really. No, that's that worries me. That, I don't that think is, anyway. Because when they, whenever a new company or an established developer comes along and just says, "Hey, we're going to be inserting driving, flying mm. underwater sections in a game that doesn't have them," then you're going to be like. Ooh, mm. you better be on the phone to Criterion <laughs> to make sure you get the, well, the patch notes the rather. On the old, on the everything or nothing game, um, I'm sure that because it was driving sections in that multiple yep. ones, and I'm sure that um, they got the Need for Speed devs or the Burnout devs to help out. That's why. That's why I name dropped them because I thought that it yeah, was them that did it. I'm yeah. sure um, everything or nothing was pre-Criterion being acquired by EA, but either way, like you know, EA had access to those teams, whereas IO Interactive maybe don't. Um, but you never know. I mean, I mean, EA might as well lease them out because they're not doing anything else. Moment, <laughs> are they? Oh my God! Where's Burnout Three? Where's Burnout oh, Three? Don't, don't. In the chamber with Legacy of Kane. Yeah. Um, next question from Mr. Michael Gray, who says the new current gen has given us SSDs and fancy haptic feedback. What do you think the next generation will do to top oh this? God. We've only just got this new one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, smell, smell-o-vision. Smell-o-vision. I mean, the thing is, like, we got so much of a push towards um, VR this generation, and I feel like mm-hmm. it didn't take off. Like, I know, like, Josh absolutely loves it. I gave in and got a PSVR headset um, because I needed to see what um, No Man's Sky was going to play. Like, I just needed to, I needed and... to know. I needed to scratch. It's fine. I love No Man's Sky, <laughs> but it's not that much better in VR, mainly because they play it at such a lower resolution to double up the feeds for yeah. each of your eyeballs, which means that all the level of detail goes away. Um, and the thing that I adore about No Man's Sky, well, is everything, but is a lot of to do with the the vistas, like just sort of being yeah. like a sci-fi book cover, like it looks so cool. Um, but yeah, I think that like there might be another renewed push towards virtual reality, but Sony is sort of stepping all the way back from it at the minute. Yeah, um, I've not seen none of the new launch titles are really pushing it hard as being their sort of go-to device. Whereas uh, no. as soon as the PS4 was released, we were having rumblings of like you know Resident Evil Seven and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. things things to have, like to buy this for. Um, I don't know. Actually, it's, it's, it is a tough question because um, I would have said VR um, if I hadn't already seen what would be coming out with this console generation. It's, I'm not so sure. Stuff, like it's it's inc- it's incredible with something like Astro's Playroom. Like when you feel into the the different motors, the fact that the triggers can have pressure and stuff. And mm. I was talking to Josh this morning where like I quite like the way Call of Duty plays on PS5 online because each weapon feels different. Like the triggers push down oh, the different cool. amounts of pressure. Um, you know, if you hold like a minigun in the campaign, it's like it yeah. feels heftier to like aim. And that's yeah. cool. But at the same time, when you're playing at hours and hours of multiplayer, like I, it put me off using a rifle that I normally use um, mm-hmm. because the trigger is heavier on like this single shot rifle. So I ended up defaulting to different weapons. And I was like, well, I could turn haptic off to use everything. But then I don't know. I was like, how much should my like 
playstyle be dictated by this new controller? It was just yeah. a weird thing where I was, oh, we're on the cusp of the generation. It's this new tech. I should sort of respect the tech a bit and go from there. But I don't know if haptics are even going to stick around because they're not even on the Xbox side. No, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's like, again, it just seems like a super gimmicky thing. Like kind if of. it doesn't get support right now... Mm-hmm. Like, how is it? Go- yeah, how is it going to support? Because it it's easy to forget that, like, and I had, I totally forgot that the Xbox side of things had um, haptic trigger. Well, have had haptic triggers uh, last generation, where they sort of like had a little bit of extra rumble in the triggers and things like that. Yeah. And when you were playing like Forza or whatever, but nobody talked about that. And it's not like the Xbox side of third party stuff used them for anything incredible. So it might just go away. But yeah, I don't know. In terms of like, like instant loading and, and haptics and stuff, I think it's just. There's a sense of flow to accessing your entire library on PS5 and Series yeah. X that I would hope that they just go more into. Like, I guess it would just be obliterating lower times, changing the way levels are made, things like that. Yeah, I guess it's a case of just doing what they do now, but even better. It's hard mm. to even predict what the state of the industry is going to be in like one year, let alone like five <laughs> years. Um, but uh, hopefully, let's just go for the utopia answer, shall we? Mm. No microtransactions, <laughs> uh, instant loading times. Respect and, uh, for all. I would yeah, love respect, uh, yeah, why don't we just go for that? We'll go for the happy yeah. route, shall we? Just, yeah, just actually, yeah, a nice respect, a respectful relationship between consumer and publisher. Yeah. Um, you never know. Next question from Jacob Wright. Um, congratulations on being on the panel for the Game Awards. Thank you very much. Um, you can check out our logo if you Google uh, Video Game Awards judges. We're at the bottom in the UK pool. Um, That's mad, isn't it? Aidly cool, um, considering how far we've come, especially me and you for the last few years. So yeah. Um, it's pretty lush. Um, but yeah, congratulations on being on the panel for the Game Awards. This question is for me. Sorry, Jules, but what would your go-to storyline be if they ever decide to bring back Splinter Cell? I <laughs> because I think you've put enough Splinter Cell to weigh in on this as well. I do have my answer for this, but do you have a, a Splinter Cell? It's, it's, it's absolutely fine. The last game that I played was um, Conviction. Okay. Um, and I did play Blacklist, but I think the last one I actually played played was oh, Conviction. Okay. I went back and redid it. Right. Um, God, I, don't, I don't even know. I think it's been, it's been so long, I feel like no answer that I could give would be justifiable to bringing back Jeremy Irons. Let me, Irons, let me yeah. throw you my dream scenario, because they've got Michael Ironside has thankfully... Yeah, Michael Ironside, that's I said Jeremy Irons then, very different. <laughs> if Jeremy Irons could be a pretty good dude in the chair. Yeah, that's very true. His little headset on. But um, yeah, I would do, um, now that Michael Ironside's back and he's recovered from cancer and he's, he did all the voice mm-hmm. packs for the uh, Ghost Recon DLC, I would get um, old, old, old Sam Fisher, old Sam Fisher as he is in Ghost Recon, um, and have him be your dude in the chair, have him be the guy on the headset um, as he trains a new cell. Um, that would be very cool. To transition to the new generation. And I feel like, you know, the likes of uh, like the Rocky series has sort of done that where you use Rocky to transition into um, yeah. what's his face Creed. I mean, if they um, uh, if they tried to go sort of a grittier route, you could have it that he trains you up and then does a full-on Mission Impossible where it turns out that he is actually the bad guy. Like, you oh. have to take down Sam Fisher oh. at the very end, and that's your ultimate challenge. Oh, I don't know. I, I like the idea. Because that's is, the thing. I, like, he's, he is immortal. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe it's uh, that's the way <laughs> that they cement the passing of the torch. I don't know. I think um, the thing that I was thinking with this is, like, you tick the box of having Ironside come back. You get his voice in your ear. You get mm. to hang out with that sense of humor and have him... Because he was always helping the writers in terms of, like, the sense of humor that was in those games. Um, yeah. But also, gameplay-wise, you can have a more athletic uh, cell as a cell operative. And then maybe, like you said, do some sort of crossover stuff. I don't know. Um, but I like the. I just hope they do something with Splinter Cell because that yeah. scene is coming back as a VR thing and it's like what the hell are you doing uh, Ubisoft um, next question from Laughing Sunbro if you, get, if you did not have next gen consoles would you be buying Cyberpunk or waiting until you have the next, uh, the next system what you, what's your thoughts on this because they've talked a lot of, they've, de- they've delayed it a lot for the new systems are you, do you still see yourself picking it up on PS4 for example 
Oh, I mean, I was, yeah, I was going to pick it up on PS4 because at the moment, as I said on uh, last week's um, podcast, I probably won't be picking up a PS5 or Mm. an Xbox Series X until uh, either the prices uh, drop or I just wait for the bugs to be worked out just because, (laughs) like, again, I'm waiting for that killer launch platform. I'm not waiting just for one singular title. I'm not not waiting for just, I'm not going to wait for like one game to Mm. like get me to buy, spend half a grand on a, (laughs) on a ps5 you're not me jules that's that's what you're saying that's the thing i just want to i just want to wait until the options are more varied Mm -hmm. like there's still a lot for the ps4 that i've got to play for example yeah you're wrong um so and plus i got a pc so i'll just be getting cyberpunk on pc anyway there is that i mean the thing is like yeah (laughs) cdpr got out there and said that you know one of the reasons that they've it had so many delays for cyberpunk is because they were optimizing it for past gen systems so i'm super curious how the hell it runs on those 2013 yeah i because the thing is is that we watched the um ign final preview and Mm -hmm. they at no point mentioned what platform that they were playing on which to me either seems that they've got a pc version running at full spec or they've got it on a PS5 to be running at optimal there. I mm. think they would have mentioned it if it was running on a PS4. Well, the other gameplay clip that they put out on the official channel was showing One X, Xbox One X gameplay and right, Series okay. X gameplay. I don't think we've seen PS4 and Xbox One mm. gameplay. Um, I'd be kind of curious just what that even looks like, how much they have to strip it back to make that work. Yeah, even on a PS4 Pro, it probably won't run mm. as well. Be interesting. Um, yeah, next question from Starkhunter49. How do we decide who does a review of a game? Um, we tend to go off of knowledge base and fandom. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of, it's, I would like to say that it was just like, you know, uh, all names into a hat sort of thing, but it's, it is definitely a case of like, oh, so say the Final Fantasy review's coming up, who likes Final Fantasy? So it's like Cleary, yeah. Josh, you, me. And then it's like, okay, who's actually got the time to do it? Who can mm-hmm. commit to doing like at least a 30 hour, 40 hour run? probably scott and then it's just like (laughs) it depends what it is but i think for me like i wouldn't i this this is such a massive conversation on like who should review a game but i think like it's there's value in you being completely fresh to a certain franchise and seeing if it works but i think there's also a massive amount of value in you being someone who's like grown up with a certain franchise like god of war like Mm -hmm. you know i'd like put my hat put my hat forward put my what do you put forward put my my things forward. Put my foot forward. Put your cap in the ring. Put your cap into your foot into the ring. Yeah, I put the feather in the cap and the cap in the river. And I said, yeah. I want to review God of War because it's the, you know, the sort of soft reboot of the originals. And I grew up with them. And I think that there's a lot of worth to that. So we tend to, obviously not this year, but for the most part, we tend to sit down in a big circle and, uh, and just throw up the big list of what's coming out and then allocate based on, I guess, like a mix of sort of like passion for the IP um knowledge base like what's going to work kind of thing um but there is also value in people going into stuff fresh sometimes yeah definitely because it's like if you go in like at the end of the day video games at their core need to be accessible enough for somebody Mm. to be able to pick it up and start playing i mean you wouldn't for example expect um anyone who hasn't played the first two shenmue games to go and review (laughs) shenmue 3 but at the same time if they wanted to then they could jump in, I guess. It just means that their um, viewpoints might be completely without uh, anchorage. But my, yeah, my, my like, personal side is that if I'm reading, if I'm, uh, reading a review of someone reviewing the final part in a, in, a, in a trilogy or something like that, I want them to have pretty solid knowledge of the yeah, first two. Like, definitely. I, I think that's a whole separate thing as to, like, does this work for a new player? I think that's almost on the marketing side beforehand to sort of spell that out. Because I remember when EA tried to say that about Mass Effect 3, it's like, oh, it's a perfect starting point. And it's like, no, it it's isn't. Definitely not. Definitely so I, not. Yeah, it tends to be 
a mix of um, yeah, knowledge base, passion for the IP, like like Jules said, time allocation, all sorts of lovely things. Mm-hmm. Um, next question from Neon Speedwave: Has the new generation arrived too soon? Can't help thinking that another six to twelve months and a decent slate of true next gen titles at launch would have been better. Xbox currently doesn't have anything for next generation. PS Five only has Demon Souls remake. Uh, nicer graphics aren't an incentive to buy, to be honest. Um, also from Matt Shaw, uh, thoughts on the PS Five launch lineup and how do you think it compares to uh, lineups of previous generations? Well, this is the thing when mm. it comes to uh there is never going to be a right time to launch a new console because uh developers will always stick to the current console until they have to move over to the next one Mm -hmm. it's actually a massive risk to jump over to a brand new console because you do not have an established consumer base Mm -hmm. admittedly you will likely always sell out of all of your copies of the uh, the playstation 5 or the xbox series x but it is always going to be a smaller platform than all of the people who have ps4s and xbox ones so even if you say, hey, we're going to release this next year, you're going to find the exact same thing happening. People will hold off development or they will be developing for, and it won't, it, it will always be a bit sparse. I don't, yeah. I can't think of a single video game console that has had like an all hitter, all stellar video game lineup upon launch. Like hmm. it, it, it takes a while to get this sort of engine running and warped yeah. up. I mean, even looking at this one here, we do have like the Demon Souls game, but we have Astro's Playroom. Miles that's Morales. The, that's the thing. But like, yeah. that's three games. That's not that's not super amount. It's, it's so. so weird. I think the thing that is really strange is that on the Xbox side, they don't have any exclusives because they didn't get Halo Infinite together in time. So that's just delayed yeah. until 2021. And they've had to they've had to re- rewrite all their marketing and just go headfirst into Game Pass and backwards compatibility. And that, mm-hmm. those things are great. Like honestly, playing original Xbox games with auto HDR upscale to 4K, like the original Splinter Cell genuinely looks incredible on a Series X, which is really nice. Weird to say. But the shadows and the way the contrast works and the depth of uh, color and everything, it's lovely. Um, but on the PlayStation side, if you really boil it down, or if you can go both systems, really, um, which games are only on the next gen? It's only Demon's Souls and Godfall. Everything yeah. else, Spider-Man, well, I guess Astro is built into the PS5, but um, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, they're all available on, on original, on the, the hardware we already have. So I think it's, it is completely valid for people to be like, and like you're saying, like, I'm going to wait for a price reduction. Or mm-hmm. I'm not going to buy the system just for this one game. Um, and it also is also the case that in Demon's case, the more people do side-by-side comparisons, that game is identical to its 2009 counterpart in terms of the way that it feels. And like, you know, the actual, even the level geometry, you fall through the world in the same spots. They kept all that stuff identical. Which is what you should be doing if you're doing a remake in that sense. Like, I feel like people would be annoyed if they changed too much about it. No, true. But I think if you're, because for me, I never played Demon's Souls back in 2009. I came on board with Souls in 2011 with the, with Dark Souls. So for me, I was like, oh, cool. They're yeah. going to modernize it. It's maybe going to have Dark Souls 2 or 3's dodge system. It's maybe going to feel a bit more modern. They have, they, more. they have updated it in the right areas for the most part. I mean, like in the original one, you could you were locked to a four-directional um, role, whereas now you have like an omnidirectional role, mm-hmm. which is a huge, doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a huge, huge thing to yeah, change in a, in, in a game like uh, Demon's Souls. Yeah, there's, there are like, yeah, there are sort of minor things like, the, well, yeah, that does, it is more effective. I guess for me, it's more like the menu systems. You can't like mm. compare items when you're, or weapons when you're buying from a merchant. You can't get a full explanation in game of what all the various symbols mean per weapon. So I'm kind mm. of just, it's, it feels a bit clunky. It feels like it's from 2009, but given like a 2020 makeover. Yeah. Um, point being though, that like, obviously at the minute, there aren't any, or there aren't that many, dedicated next-gen games. You, you can be quite satisfied on current-gen right now. All I'll say is that um, whatever we think of the PS5 or uh, Series X launch 
platform mm. titles. Um, nothing will be as bad as the Xbox 360. What did you have when you started there? You had oh God, Dead Rising. Down, that was good. You had Crackdown, Dead Rising, and you had goddamn Viva Pinata. That was basically <laughs> the only three games for months. The thing is, months afterwards. I, I reckon enough people would defend those games. I know a lot of people. No, 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 no. They're, they're great games, but three games oh, for okay. about four months after <laughs> it came out. Everyone was just like, seriously, where are the rest of the games? We yeah. will take any game right well now. to be fair um, as much as i adore breath of the wild that came out on wii u as well and then the switch had very little launch games for a while it yeah. was like, i mean i love the switch but it was relying on a lot of third party stuff and indie stuff for a while mm-hmm. um, which has helped it become the indie console but i think that was maybe just happenstance as opposed to like i don't know if, like, actual planning together, yeah um yeah. so yeah I, I totally agree like i think the the launch lineups are a bit lackluster this time um but it's I, for xbox it's part of the plan i feel like ps5 have maybe they could have had more stuff that was exclusive to next gen because it seems like even next year's God of War is going to be on PS4 as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Because Jim Ryan just won't confirm either way. And it's like, if you won't say <laughs> so it. So suspicious, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to run with the other thing. Um, yeah. One final question. I don't know what your current thoughts on wet bread are, but we did get a question about oh, wet God bread. Oh, damn it. It's from, from uh, Jen Judges. We all know uh, Jules's views on wet bread. How do I feel about it? I don't have thoughts on wet bread. I don't know where it came from. But it's it lives with us now. We both right. It's it started. It all started just because of a, a passing comment where I said that when I was young, I reached over to grab a glass of milk that my sister had just left on the side, and I was like, "I'm not wasting good milk." Drank it, <laughs> right. and it was like there was a half-eaten soggy custard cream in the bottom. It hit the back of my throat, made me gag, and ever since then, the consistency of wet bread has just <laughs> really infuriated me because it makes me feel sick again. But you're, and you're it's, genu- and it's, genu- it's genuinely disgusting though. Why would you ever, ever take a piece of toast, bagel, any slight bit of dough <laughs> and dampen it? I understand that if you get a bake at home loaf, you, it says to sprinkle water over the top. Right. That I will concede is possibly the only time it will ever work. But don't go and dampen the dough, man. So I don't understand it. How did you get from a custard cream to wet bread? Because of the fact, I don't know, it was just like consistency. I, I, I think it was like washing up. You know, when you mm. like, occasionally somebody leaves a bit of a crust in there and you just like touch it and you're like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Ugh. Right. If, if, okay. If that's the, that's the barometer of, of wet breadness, then yeah, when you come across, if cream. someone hasn't washed up properly and there's a, there's a little bit of bread in there and that mixture that is the sort of dishwasher yeah. Uh, broth, then yeah, that is, that is rancid. Yeah. I'm with you actually. I think the yeah. same as Jules. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Converted. <laughs> Who needs it in 2020? Um, so yeah, thank you all very, mo- very much for your questions. Stuff that's been submitted i'll carry over till next week i think we got through most of it we did have about 20 odd questions uh, combined from last week and this week um so yeah thank you all very very much and um, for now this has been the ubp i've been your host scott taylor for joined by jules gill thank you very much also before i go if okay. we're going to stick with the ubp as our thing we need to make sure that we uh take do like a, a parody of the Raccoon City Police Department and have okay. that as the logo, sort of like BBP. <laughs> I think that. we need to get some sort of hashtag off the ground, but I can't think of one right now. So that might be something for next Hashtag week. take trough. Good. The or, hashtag or, take trough. Please feel free when you send your questions in to, ha- to hashtag take trough and we will uh, resume mining the trough this time next week. <laughs> but for now, thank you all very much and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Don't know why I waved. It's not a waved video. Well. <laughs> <isn't it>? <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.